Today's Locked On Pacers Pockets is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10, the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Freeman, as always, I'm the host of this wonderful show. And joining me, because we could not get away from each other for the second time in two days, is from Forbes.com and the Western Albuquerque News. It's Mr. Tony East. Tony, how are you doing? I'm great. I'm really excited for this show because we get to talk about the entire NBA as well as the Pacers, and it's super fun, and it's kind of a debate show, so I get to be Stephen A. Smith uh, for a little bit. Does that make me wait? Is it Max Kellerman is now the guy across from him? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you want to be Max Kellerman, but you can be if you want. I'd rather be the Shen Sharp to uh, Skip Bayless. That's uh, better to get. I, I know that Stephen A. is like a joke. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's not actually serious all the time, but he's so funny to me, man. I just think he's hilarious. Oh, and anyway. They, and they put him in that baby filter. It's the best. It's um, so good. So if you haven't read the title of the podcast yet, today we are doing quarter season awards. We're a little past quarter season because we came to this a little bit late. Um, but we're doing this based on well, the 20-game mark for us because that's where we're at right today. Let me tell you that I'm stupid because Adam said we're doing quarter season awards. And I thought about 80 games and I was like, perfect timing. And then I was like, oh, yeah, they're only playing 70 games. Well, they played their 17th game, I think, Wednesday so yeah so it's, this is about the right time so yeah. like it's not like we, we, we didn't want to do it middle of the week we like to do it kind of earlier in the normal week. season this is exactly right exactly so <laughs> that's what we're saying so all of this is based on 2021 games so we're a little bit over so it's some stuff has changed last week because we've seen you know the Jazz have been on a run so that's maybe faulted some of their players into some categories or whatnot that's that that that's why um so we're gonna do this pretty simply we're gonna just go down kind of the six major awards, MVP, Coach of the Year, Sixth Man, Rookie of the Year, Most Improved Player, and Defensive Player of the Year. And am I missing one? Maybe there's only five major ones, right? Uh, MVP, Coach, Rookie, Improved, Sixth, and Depoy. So those yeah, and, then, and then we're going to talk about All-Star and All-NBAs um, at the end of this show. But to start, we'll start with the most important one, the top award in the league, and that is the MVP award. What we're going to do is do Pacer MVP and then League MVP on that, kind of that format going forward. So – do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? Are we doing Pacers or League first? I think we're doing Pacers first, right? Yeah, let's do Pacers first. Pacers. Uh, the, you know, Pacers MVP is really tough. You know, I, I waffled. I, I understand both sides of the, the choice here. I think it's between Brogdon and Sabonis. I, I am picking Malcolm Brogdon. Um, mostly baked into my personal basketball theory that a good lead ball handler and offensive initiator is like the most important thing to, to like elevate your team to the next level. I think we saw like the, the the example I always use is with the Kings. The Kings have been awful for forever. They finally get De'Aaron Fox. They become an okay team. Chris Paul goes to the Suns. They're really good again after having you know Ricky Rubio even made the Suns a lot better after they had nothing at point guard for a long time. It doesn't have to be a point guard. You know, it can be LeBron. It can be whoever your lead ball handler is. But anyway, Brogdon being so good this year, I think, has been a big reason for some of the Pacers' success. And, and twenty three points and seven assists speaks for itself. Dazzling efficiency, great defense off-court leader as well and that even happened before the trade he navigated them through the trade I think he has been the most valuable person and player for the Pacers this year yeah so like you said it, it, it's a tough choice so I think the thing that that's separated for me because you come to like points per game it burns a little bit more but it's most more rebounds 
shooting percentage, response is higher, but Barton takes tougher shots. He has a little more shots per game. And even when you go down to like some of the more advanced stats, box plus minus, win shares, they're, they're, they're pretty close. Um, the difference for me on this one is turnovers and really turnover rate. We do, we do that. And Brogdon is um, basically a three and a half to one on his turnover ratio. And I had a turnover rate up. I can find it again real fast. And his turnover rate is 9.1% compared to bonuses at 17.3. And that's supposed to be great at that. But I think we have seen at times when the team starts to maybe fall apart in the games, the big issue is that Sabonis makes an errant pass, can't quite get the ball on a pick and roll situation, stuff like that. And so that's different for me. And Barton has been, frankly, the guy's closed out games in terms of like game winning yep. shots over Sabonis well, three weeks, except for that very first time against Boston. The clutch stuff is interesting, right? Because Sabonis hit the game tying shot against the Magic to send it to overtime and the game winner against the Celtics. Brogdon hit the game winner against the Pelicans. And it's in my head, Brogdon's a little more clutch because he does it more consistently. But Sabonis does have the big moment stuff. I think the argument for Sabonis that I, I kind of fall back on for him being MVP is like he draws the double teams, right? Like he's the guy that other teams try the hardest to stop. And by default, him being a good passer, he's up to almost six assists per game this year, career high. He's creating more and, and passing out of those double teams, which allows everybody else to be good and like you said, amazing rebounder double. Uh, did he not have a double-double against the uh, Sixers last night, actually? He didn't. He only had eight rebounds. Okay, so all but one game he played the whole game in, double-double yeah. uh, machine, right? So just absolute beast. Like, I totally understand if he's your MVP. For me, the, the separator, because I think Sabonis is probably a little bit more impactful offensively as defense, and not that Sabonis is a bad defender, but he's kind of being miscast this year. So uh, that, that, that's where I pick Brogdon, even though, again, they both have fantastic resumes for the, for the choice. Yeah, I think Austin's most defense has been better than expected, even though it hasn't been a great. Yep. I think the spot, the position to be put in where he's playing basically a four on defense is pretty tough for a guy his size. Yep. League so MVP, we, who you got? So I, I, I want, I'm, I'm going to go first because I, I want to see how you pick and I want to see how you reckon. I think it's Joel, Joel Embiid right now. Okay. Uh, the case is pretty simple. He is putting up, what, 28.3 points per game. He's on the number one seed in the Eastern Conference right now. Um, which I think is a big deal. You know, he's the best player on the best team and, like, by far the best player. Um, he's finally shooting a really good three-point percentage, nearly four, over 40% slightly. Uh, he three throws up. He could be a 50, 40, 90 guy from his spot. His, from a center spot is, like, you know, that's like the evolution of Shaq, essentially, if, if he could do that. Um, he probably won't get there for the percentage-wise, but he's been really good this year, and he's the reason that team – I mean, they are, what, one in five without him and the only one at the Pacers who basically should have smoked him last night. So um, I don't know what game you're talking about. <laughs> so so with them i think that makes if i did the math right that makes them 50 or 14 and one with him uh to me that's like the question of the best player on the on the best team but i want to see who you say so far uh they're 14 and two with him this year okay I don't know what game you missed the calcs on but whatever that's still ridiculous um yeah and beats my number two i picked him number two in my preseason mvp but i picked him behind Giannis, and Giannis is not my mvp you know how i'm gonna say Jokic is my mvp so far Jokic. The thing with him, he's always been a pretty good rebounder, a great setup man, and he's gotten even a little better with the passing. The rebounding numbers are up. He's scoring so well this year. He's up to 27 points a game. His career high before this year is 20. So he's just been such a crucial play finisher for the Nuggets, shooting a ridiculous percentage from the field, hitting all these threes. His defense is a tick up, and he, like, it's wild how much he can do for the Nuggets. Like, it is absolutely insane how much – even when he – the coverages are all over him. He can create for someone else. And like Rudy Gobert on him, no problem. Whatever defender, no problem. Whatever zone, double team, triple team, no problem. Like he's setting up something for a good look. You know, he, he leads the league in offensive box plus minus and impact stat. For offense, he leads the league in box plus minus. I think it's Jokic. He's been so good. I think that Jokic and Embiid and LeBron are the top three. Yeah. Kawhi, 
deserves a, definitely a shake in this discussion. I think he's been massively undervalued in MVP discussions, including by me. He's at, Kawhi's averaging 25-5-5 and five on 50-40-90. Insane. I think that's my top four, but my, my pick is Embiid. Yeah, I think Durant. I'm sorry, my pick is Jokic. Why did I just say Embiid out? No, I did. So I said, and I think Durant deserves. There's a. Durant is the fifth guy. Yep. Yeah, that that's my top five. I I share the top five as you, but I pick Jokic. So before the season, just so people know, this is only 20 games in, so there's still some time. But we, I pick you pick Giannis the MVP, and I pick Luca. So so far, we both look wrong. Neither of them are. They both had down years, and they've both been really good. So we're not going to be right, but I like our choices anyway. All right, so sixth man of the year is where we're going next. Um. You can go first this time. I went first last time. <laughs> For the Pacers, it's, it's kind of a tough one because they've had so many guys have to start and not start and stuff like that. I think, I think Justin Holiday has eclipsed the point where he can no longer be sixth man. Yeah, uh, so that's what I was going to ask you. So, what, so we're only 20 games in. What is the actual like – if you start like, more than half, if you start half or more of your games for your team, you're not eligible for the award. In the that, that's what it is. Okay, and so Tyreek Evans barely was able to be eligible with the Grizzlies a few years ago, I think, uh, when he was really good for them. I mean, we won't talk about what happened after that, but yeah, Justin Holiday's had 11 starts in 20 games, so he's ineligible. So I think the only two candidates are McDermott and McConnell. Yep. Uh, McConnell missed those games and he was out. Uh, becoming a dad and I think we saw his value when he wasn't playing also McDermott's been absolutely ridiculous this year one of the best shooters uh, in the league and he's using that he's not even hitting the shots that much but he's using that gravity to create twos and create shots for other people so I can hear either one of them but I'm picking TJ McConnell I think that he's the engine that makes the bench go uh, you know Bjorkman's even playing him with starting units now he can set up other guys he's just he's just so effective and I, I have a really hard time not picking him even though McDermott's been so good yeah, mine, mine was McDermott. Um, yeah, it's one of those two. I get yeah, it. Yeah, McDermott game has evolved to be not just a three-point shooter, but actually I go to the rim and scores, and that's open up the floor for peace. Shooting 63% on twos this year, which is like yeah. ridiculously good for a guy who's not a center. Basically, you look at the Pacers, like top four two-point shooters, and it's uh, top three is Goga, Turner, and then him. And Goga and Turner live around the rim, and they take shots. Yeah. Um, so the, the thing with McConnell is, I, I, this is like a ridiculous stat to me because he plays like 20 minutes a game. He is once again third in the league in assists per possession or per 100 possession. So like, or sorry, he is, he is now second. Uh, he passed Luka Doncic last night, little did I know. <laughs> so he, he's just so good at setting up his teammates and, and probing the lane. He finished third last year, excuse me. So he's just such a masterful passer and his success and McDermott's success kind of go hand in hand. So I understand both of them being the pick. I like that we picked both guys and got to cover both of them here. Yeah, McConnell's 36% is his percentage. Insane. Unbelievable. If McDermott was hitting 40% from three so far this year, I think I'd pick him. You know, like the two-point thing is, is insane. It's a big evolution for him. But he's only like league average from three so far, which is kind of weird. So we'll see when that picks up. Yeah. I Yeah. I mean, I, I think at some point Justin Holiday could become the sixth man of the year for the Patriots. They doesn't start next, you know, 40 games. And they get, you know, I guess they probably won't get healthy enough for the, that to happen, I guess. But it, it, he also would be probably – he'd probably, in my mind, if he was off the bench, edge out McDermott's because he's been a little more impactful in my mind just because he's been so important to have games and whatnot. That's, that's, uh, that's totally fair. But, I think uh, the, uh, the league sixth man of the year is kind of only one choice. So who, who, who's your choice? Feel free to disagree with me. Mine is a Jordan Clarkson by oh, a man. mile. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's, he's been it for the insane for the Jazz this year. 17 points a game in the mic that off the bench. 18. And 18. he leads the league in free throw percentage. He, I think he's only missed one free throw the whole season. Yeah, he's 35 for 36. Draws a lot of fouls. He's hitting threes. He's create, he creates his own shots. He's barely ever assisted. And he is still ridiculously efficient. Like, 
the the we'll talk about these guys a bit online later, but like their top three in odds are Clarkson, Boucher, and Dragic. Dragic is ten to one, Boucher is six to one, and Clarkson is two to three. So you actually get not not negative money, but like it's it's less than a dollar per dollar for Clarkson. Like he's been that much ahead of everybody else as a six man candidate. Yeah, I say Boucher was the other one I thought of. Um, we saw what he did with, with against the Pacers. I think in that game they won. Did he end up starting that game for them? I think he I started the second half, I think is what it was. Okay. He played a lot. He's Boucher's really good. He's actually been the Raptors' best center by a mile. But yeah, it's just that it's just that Clarkson's putting up a great <laughs> Unfortunately line. for him, Clarkson's been a lot better. <laughs> yeah, I mean Clarkson would be a starter on probably most teams the way he's playing right now. Uh, right. That team's really deep out in Utah. Um so we had coming into the season, you and I for six man, you picked Danil Gallinari and I picked Tyler Hero. Womp. <laughs> Yeah, Hero, you are uh, is fifth in odds right now at ten to one. So you're yeah, looking a lot but smarter does he than have, me. Is he playing now? Doesn't he? Didn't he? Gallo's down to eighty to one. So I'm looking stupid. Is Tyler Hero out with COVID or some kind? He of missed COVID? a lot of time. He actually was hurt. I think he hurt his ankle. Yeah, I, th- I thought he had someone in his house test positive for COVID. So he was like, "There's he some just had that, yeah. yeah, just this week." So yeah, he had a it, neck injury. That's what it was. Yeah, so just just been a rough year for him. Um, but you know, second year player. So we'll see. He has some more time to win that award in the future. So the last thing we want to do before we take a break Good one. <laughs> is coach of the year. This is actually, so for the team, we can skip this. We both, I was coach of the year. It's the only coach we could choose. And that's me. Bill Bano's done a re- really nice job. <laughs> um, I guess the one thing to say, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, but I guess we did, we did it on the show. Thoughts. Give me one thought on Bjorkman so far. Just like quick, what, first 20 games in, give me your quick evaluation of him. This isn't actually an evaluation of him, but. Okay. Maybe this is unfair because, look, the way players talk to the media is not totally reflective of their actual thoughts. Like, I understand that. It makes it kind of hard to, to blend coverage and actuality. But every player just speaks so glowingly of this guy. And, like, even after losses, they love the, the way he talks about, like, what they did wrong and the way he helps them in film and the way he – just the way he sets up the team for success. And to me, objectively, seeing that he has most players, I think, in their ideal role to, to succeed – matches up with what they're saying so I just I like that the players really like the way he coaches and his his style his demeanor and all that kind of stuff so I give him a lot of credit for that even though injuries and uh some struggles are keeping them from being very good this year like yeah I, I think yesterday I think my one take on him is well I th- I've won the, the the way players talk about him you should go check out Jared Wade's like thread on this on Twitter uh he's got a funny little thing about just the way players talk about Bjorken end of games play but I think the one thing Brooklyn, you're noticing that I find is a modernization. You see, the team is just playing basketball like it's you know 2021, not 2003. And that's the biggest difference. Maybe not as successful as it should be, but there's been a lot of injuries. But Mill had the same problem. A lot of injuries plagued him in his entire career. So uh, with the Pacers, so yeah, I that's an interesting thing to discuss for the Pacers. The league coach of the year is yeah. So league coach of the year is more fun. I think there's a lot. There's actually a few guys that you could choose here. I don't know. Do you want me to go first, or do you want to go first? Well, they just announced coaches of the month for the league, which doesn't okay. mean uh, F all. But it was Doc Rivers, I believe, in the Eastern Conference. Why can't I remember who it was in the West? Oh, in the West, it was uh, Quinn Snyder duh, for the Jazz. So, so uh, let's do this a little differently. I wrote down like four guys who could be coach of the year. Okay. Um, wow. Just a sort of like – so I think Snyder and Doc were sort of like the odds because they're – one Snyder's Great. got a team that's won, what, 14, last 15 games and then crazy yep. like that. Doc's got the best team. And he turned, the Sixers look a lot better. You know, sometimes rock for changes and whatnot. Um, but I think an odd one, outs, an outside chance, and somebody to see if the team can hold. But I think J.B. Bickerstaff deserved that. That was mine. That was <laughs> Okay, <laughs> so we're all on the same page. I had four, I was going to say, and it was Doc Rivers because the Sixers look great. J.B. Bickerstaff because the Cavs, like, 
look like a competent, good basketball team this year, which doesn't make any sense. Ty Lue, because the Clippers are the best okay. team in the league right now, and Quinn Snyder, because the Jazz just won a million games in a row. So I'm glad we're uh, in lockstep there. But yeah, yeah they, they, it, if the Cavs finish 500, I think JB wins. Yeah. The other one I have, I guess, is I put Nash down as an outside, really far outside. I mean, I think the Nets are so They're so talented. talented, he can't win, I feel like. Right, that's the problem. But, like, if he gets that – but the way, if they win the championship, then he'll have the next yeah. year where he could win it, like, the way a Vogel kind of can – could have. Well, but, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Vogel, like, he won last year. Didn't he win last year? No, that doesn't Did he win right. last I thought – no, Nick Nurse won last year. He just – we just yeah, thought right, he'd right. win this year. So, Vogel, because they won the title, I just don't think he'll win. That's why. Yeah. So, we you, you picked Vogel before the year – I picked uh, Mike Mike Malone out in Denver, uh, but yeah, I think that's right, a fine choice. I think I think I'm, I'm with you. If if Bickerstaff and that's that Cleveland team, if they get if they're in the playoffs as a top eight team, um, I just don't see why he wouldn't win. I mean that that team right. was like a dumpster fire last year, and now it's you know a competent team. Essentially. So let's make this a Pacers discussion for a second. Can Bjorken win this? I think they'd have to get a top three seed for him to be discussed. But right now, I would say no, he's not in consideration. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, if they had won the two games they lost this week where they were in the games and they should have <laughs> yeah, won both kidding. of them, they would be probably the number one seed in the East right now. And that would, they give... would be 13 and seven, and the Sixers would be 14 and seven. So, so they would be the game out of first exactly. place. Exactly. That would be a whole different conversation because then you would yep. be talking about them and they'd probably have, instead of being, you know, a point differential of plus two, they'd be plus three because they would have won by, you know, nine or 10 points yesterday or whatnot. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. They get, I think they have to be top two, probably. I think to win this award, it's one of two things. You, your team is so good, and they have a great season, um, or they wildly beat expectations because something happens, right? Nick Nurse won it because Kawhi won, and the team was still good. You know, bigger stack winning because the Cavs were so bad. We've seen in the past somebody like um, oh, uh, Hornacek in, in Phoenix won the award when Phoenix didn't make the playoffs, but they won 45 games, and they're pretty to win like 25. So, like, that's how you win this award is one of those two ways. And right now the Pacers are about where they were last year, so there's not any, like – market improvement yet right 17 18 mcmillan i think got second when they really went over expectations Dwayne casey won the award and then got fired ironically yeah um, but i think mcmillan won like the coaches voting on other coaches thing you know so that's that's one of the ways so that yeah i think you're right if the pacers get top two they've got a shot but i think we share that it's either bickerstaff or whoever wins the west is my official choice that's fair that's fair. I think I think Snyder though the way that team is playing and the way they I mean they, they could easily end up being the one seed and that would definitely win. Yeah, the and then he'd win it. Yep. All right, let's do this. Let's take one quick break and then we're going to talk about most improved player, defensive player of the year, and rookie of the year. But first, today's locked on Pacers pockets is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. So we are almost done with the football season, but we are in the heart heart of the basketball season and right now betonline.ag has all the odds for everything from mvp we just talked about sixth man of the year most improved player of the year because we're gonna talk about most improved player next i'm gonna give you their odds real fast jeremy grant right now is a the odds on favorite at five to four christian wood is seven to five chris boucher is 13 to four odds to win and jalen brown is also 13 to four and an outside one right now just to kind of throw it out there for most improved um zion williams is 80 to one I don't know. It's hard to win that award when number one pick, but we'll give you our most improved players and we'll give you the odds when we get to that segment. And right now, if you go to betonline.ag, you promo code locked on, it's L O C K E D O N, you get a 50% welcome bonus. Go to betonline.ag, promo code locked on, betonline AG, your online sports book experts. I didn't say this before we ended, right? Did I say who, our, who we had for coach of the year before the season? I guess we did, I did right? Yeah, you did. Okay. So, but for most, so now we're going to have about most improved player. Just to start, we might as well just put who we had. We had both of us had Bagley, most improved player. Um, on the Pacers, I think we talked about this too. I have most improved player on the Pacers when we kind of think discussed it. I believe I had 
Sabonis, if I remember right. I think so did I think you talked about TJ Warren, but I could be wrong. I don't remember who he had for most improved. I think I said Sabonis because I There's thought a he lot was of discussion good. about Aaron Holiday really <laughs> jiving in Bjorkman's system, which hasn't really materialized. But, all, so. but I think for the Pacers side of it, for my most improved player, um, it's got to be Miles Turner, right? He is uh, one of my two that I have in the award. Well, mine's Miles Turner. Easy case. He has went from what? Uh, like he's made the the leap defensively, right? He was. Yep. It's hard to go from like. I, as you make your way up the ladder, it's hard to go from step to step, right? So, like, let's say he was a top 10 defensive player last year. It's hard to go from 10 to 5. Well, he's done that, right? He's right. top 5 this year, maybe even top 3. Yeah, Turner's in my top 2. The other one is McDermott. We talked about his evolution as a scorer earlier beyond just being a three-point guy and making him versatile in more lineups and making him useful on more sides of the court. And then an honorable mention here, I want to say Jeremy Lamb. He hasn't played enough games for me to consider him for any awards, but if he can keep up what he's done early, I mean, he looks, he looks a lot better. Uh, he's doing a lot of interesting stuff with the three ball, looks okay on defense. Uh, so Jeremy Lamb's in the discussion, but I pick Miles as well. Uh, for the reasons you described, he looks like he's gone from, you know, maybe the fourth or third best defensive center in the league to like second or first best defensive center in the league. One of the three to five best defenders in all, on the planet right now. Ridiculous blocks. And then on offense, even, he looks good. He's actually averaging his second highest scoring season ever behind that sophomore season when everybody thought he was about to take off. If he's if he was making his threes, he would be having his best offensive season ever. He looks more decisive. He's in more actions. He fits well with Saponis now in a way that we haven't seen in the past. Yeah, I think Miles Turner's definitely been the most important player. Yeah, I mean, he has basically returned to offensive form, as you want to say, to what is best of the year while being like a significantly better defensive player. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, he's been better on both ends in last year, which I did not expect that at all. Which I think is something we should note. Each year he's gotten better. He's yes, totally... but somehow that's, uh, that's unacceptable. Adam. I know. He needs to be, be averaging 30 rebounds a game. Right, he's going to be only 25 this year, so he's not even really probably – he's probably <laughs> close to his prime, but – I get how people who are critics of him hate that, like, we always do like the, oh, he's, he's only whatever years old. But that is a big factor in the reason he's improved every season of his career, so – yeah, I mean, it's it's the expectation game, right? If, if you didn't right. say he was going to be the best player in the league, Larry Bird, um, someday. He, so box plus minus, solid advanced stat. He is averaging his career high in offensive box plus minus and defensive box plus minus. So you are correct to say that he has uh, improved on both ends. So for um, most improved player in the league, so I, I gave you the odds um, – our bet online age. Can I can I talk about who we picked before the season for a hot second? Just for yeah, two go seconds. Ahead. We both picked Bagley. Bagley started off the season at twenty eight to one, which is pretty good for a volatile award. Like most improved, only one guy was under ten to one. He's now off the board at Penn Online. They literally won't let you bet on him because he's not going to win. So that was not smart of us. Uh, yeah, so, I think we're both going to pick the same guy though, aren't we? Yeah. So the hard part with this award, I will say, is like what you count as improvement, right? So like somebody who I thought. I, I was thinking about picking was like Colin Sexton, right? He went from 20 points a game to 24 points a game. Now it feels like this year he went from being like kind of a good stats, bad team player to a good stats, decent team player, which is actually a, like a improvement in the sense. But I guess because it's not like this crazy leap or he was a top 10 pick or whatever, he doesn't have very good odds and probably right. won't win it. I said Zion before when we were, you know, Zion improved for sure compared to last year, but it's hard when you have high expectations to then kind of, not you know and if as long as you meet them there's like this weird expectation game with this whole thing where like a lot of times with most improved player is it's the guy who was the outside the top 10 pick who goes from being you know a pretty decent player to like borderline all nba then that season right and that's yep. what usually what you see or the crazy leap like i mean i guess Giannis 
went from right outside the top 10 to borderline all NBA. And once again, that's how he got it. I mean, Paul George got it that way. Vic went from being, you know, the veteran, otherwise the veteran guy who's just been kind of middling around who finally makes a leap to a really good player. So um, my pick, I think your pick is Jalen Brown, right? That's the guy who probably deserves it. Mine is not Jalen Brown. Mine would be Jalen Brown. I mean, he went from good choice. I mean, he went from a really good player um, who, I don't know, you want to call him top 30, top 40 to, you know, is he in the top 20 now? I mean, there are a lot of good All-star players. All-star lock. So good this yeah. year. I mean, he's putting up 27 points a game right now. I mean, that's – when you look at, like, Paul George's box score, and I know Bill Simmons on his pockets has a ton, but he kind of follows PG's progression, right, of just, like, slowly improving his points per game and his shot percentages and his three-point shot each year. And, obviously, I don't think he'll sustain that 53-44. That's, un- like, just unbelievable. Um, but at this point, it looks like he's going to finish with 25 points a game. Um, yep. And that's a really that, – that's a hard improvement. It's hard to go from 20-point game guy to 25-point game guy. That's like not an easy step. Yeah, he's been awesome, awesome, awesome. He's just making so many good shots. And taking under 20 shots a game and averaging 27 is insane. He's probably number two or number three for me. Uh, but I think number one is a guy that it, – it's just the weirdest leap I think I've ever seen uh, where he goes from – Middling score with these old teams uh, and a great defender and Jeremy Grant comes to the Pistons expecting a bigger role and <laughs> proving that he was right to want a bigger role. 24 points a game, 45% shooting, 40% from three, still an awesome defender. The Pistons, who are supposed to suck, they kind of suck, but they, they're in every game they play. You know, their net rating is 23rd. They, they're definitely – closer to like the middle of the league than the bottom of the league because part of that's because Jeremy Grant's been so good. So Jeremy Grant is my pick and we were both wrong picking Bagley. Yeah. Um, all right. So defensive player of the year, and this is a tough one. So we don't remember exactly what we picked. We both, we picked Gobert because Gobert is like usually the lock to win this award. Although Giannis won it last year, right? Didn't he? Uh, yes, he did. Right. He won that in MVP. The, the... We can do the Pacers part in about four seconds. Yeah. So Miles Turner is the Pacer <laughs> one, clearly. Um, I don't even who who else is even like I guess Justin Holiday could get a shake here, but no, no one even. No, Brogdon I mean, maybe gets a shake here. Yeah, but no Brogdon maybe, really. but the whole demons is run through Turner. Even if Brogdon and, and Jay Holiday have been good, yeah, it's Turner by a mile. So the question is for like defensive player of the year in the league. Can you pick Turner to be defensive player of the league right now? Like, are absolutely, you-, you can. Okay, so but okay, are you going to so far? <laughs> it's very close. So Bet Online's betting odds, our favorite thing today. Uh, the top three in order is Gobert, Turner, and Bede. And Turner's at two to one, which is normally fantastic odds, but Gobert's just insane, right? Gobert one night ago got tore up by jo- Jokic. I almost just said Jokic, which really is probably going to hurt his case um, a little bit, but he's just so masterful depend- defending pick and rolls and making the Jazz amazing. So I think Gobert's probably still leading the league in this category, but Turner's right on his butt. And I think Turner's got a shot to win it if he keep up this pace. But, you know, he can't have games like last night. Yeah, it took a little bit, but the advances have now kind of swung in Turner's favor. Um, they weren't the start of the year. But so in defensive box plus minus, one of your favorite staff, Turner is second behind Ben Simmons. Oh, um, wow. That's nifty. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that because I know he wasn't earlier. Um, and Simmons – I don't know, probably can't win defensive player of the year because he's just – Yeah, so there's Davis at, at fourth. He's probably yeah. fourth in this, and then Embiid's at 12th in defensive box. Plus yeah, defense. it's been a defensive win shares. It's Davis, Drummond, Gobert, and Turner is sixth on that list. Yep. Um, yep. So, I mean, yeah, it, it, it just kind of depends what set you want to pick. Um, obviously, you take blocks, it's Turner, <laughs> clearly. Um, I just think the, the narrative – so, I guess the question is, the Pacers' defense, what are they in net rating right now? They are – 
14th in defensive net rating, right? So that probably isn't high enough to win turn of the award right now. Guess but what they, the Jazz they, are. What, what? I don't know what the Jazz the are. The Jazz are sixth. Sixth, right? So I think, where you, I think you have to have a top, honestly, five to ten, right? Unless you're just like you're the only player, which is kind of the picture where he's the only player really – you know, anchoring that whole D, but I think in that, that rating kind of can fluctuate really quickly. So they could be, you know, in two weeks be in the top seven or eight, cause we're still so early on in, in the season. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think the Patriots get to up to maybe a top 10 net rating defensively, and then Turner has a really good shot, especially if all the other stats fall his way. But I think right now, just because they're outside that top 10, it probably edges out, out to go there. I think right now he's neck and neck with all those guys. The thing about betting odds is they're projecting over the whole season, right? So that's probably why Gobert is currently the betting yeah. favorite. But so far, I think you could easily make the case. It's been and the Lakers are first in defensive rating, right, right now? I don't know who's first. It could be the Lakers. I believe they were last time I looked. Yeah. Um, but that's, like I said, it changed, Let's it changed move on to night. another easy Pacers one. <laughs> yeah. So then the next one, rookie of the year. Well, Pacers have only one rookie. So that would be Cassius Stanley. Good job, Cassius. You did it. <laughs> I had fun uh, trying to figure out if Bjorkren could win coach of the year in our earlier discussion of that easy one. I uh, do not think there's a case for Cassius Stanley to be NBA rookie of the year. Yeah. Well, it was, you know, the first round pick, it's kind of what happens. Um, <laughs> so for rookie of the year, we give both. Me, give me two sentences on what you've liked about Cassius so far before we go to the league. Oh, my. I mean, he has some athleticism. He lo- yeah. He almost had a crazy dunk against the Warriors. He definitely pops. We've seen him uh, enough. Like, <laughs> and we've seen him, what, all 10 minutes? I know. He, probably. yeah. T- what has he played? 23 minutes? Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. I've just I, I like that he fit in with the rotation a few times. It didn't look totally out of place, but yes, I agree. We're, we've spent too much time on this. So we before the year you picked uh, for either you pick Obi Toppin and I picked James Wiseman. <laughs> uh, Obi's been hurt. I'm not. Yeah. Um, so Lamelo was my favorite rookie, and I think he's going to be the best player. But I thought Obi would just put up so many points on the Knicks, and now the Knicks are good, and they're not even caring about development. And Lamelo's been amazing, so I just feel stupid. Yeah, so the, the question is, who do you – like, I think there's a pretty – maybe not obvious, but a pretty, like, front-runner choice in a rookie of the year, but I want to see if you agree with me. LaMelo Ball, the obvious front-runner choice. Not oh, even you, close. You think so? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, well, so Tyrese Halberton is pretty good to start the year. He's I mean, my I, number two. Right? Yeah, I, I thought – I guess LaMelo's had a nice little run the past. I guess, okay, he takes the weekend stats, and that's how LaMelo probably gets it, right? We, <laughs> we were doing this on Wednesday of last week, because I was kind of thinking about it, like, I started with – middle last week uh you probably would have given to Tyrese but I guess Lamelo's kind of had a nice little run here I feel bad for how I mean look Halliburton's probably been better than everybody he can get big 12th and he's averaging 11 and and five and a half on pretty good shooting splits but yeah Lamelo's just done so much stuff for this Hornets team yeah yeah I guess I mean like I said Lamelo had not been that great until the past couple Wiseman could sneak in this convo but he just got benched actually by the Warriors they're going with Kavon Looney over him now starting yeah I don't know I feel like he's gonna be traded right that's like that's Maybe. Okay. I don't know. Anthony Edwards, eh. Emmanuel quickly is flying up the boards. But, yeah, I think it's a two-man race between Ball and Hallie. So, we'll see. But I am picking LaMelo by a mile. I mean, yeah. he was my favorite rookie before this started. I already explained why I picked Obi, And it's not going to be Obi. He's not even on boards anymore. He's been hurt, like, the whole season, too. So, yeah, I would just to finish off is to counter you. I think James Weiss will be the best rookie of this draft class. That seems insane to me, but – Okay. Whoa. Okay. I, didn't think it was <laughs> I don't even good. think Wiseman's going to end up one of the best six rookies from this draft class. I think he's, I mean, seven foot tall dude who's got, I mean, just give him like, he's super young. I mean, he's just like, but he's got the bot, the prototype and he's not, he's pretty talented for a guy of his size. I guess that makes sense. I really like ball Halliburton and quickly so far. And I love Tyrese Maxey. I think Patrick Williams is going to be great. So I think there's a lot of contenders to be better than Wiseman, but we'll see. 
All and right, of course, right. Cassius Stanley's going to be way better than all of them, right? Yeah. So let's do this. Let's take one more break, and then we're going to just talk about any Pacers you can make the All Star or All NBA teams. But first, says Locked On Pacers podcast is brought to you by RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. You go to RockAuto.com right now. You can for auto and body parts from 100 manufacturers. From everything from engine control module to brake pads to tail lamps, bundle open, even a new carpet, whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks to keep it lucky to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. We see all the parts available for your vehicle, just the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. And right now, go to rockauto.com and you use, you write in locked on. How do you hear about us? They can know that we sent you there. Rock Auto main selection, live below prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Do any Pacers make the LNBA team? Uh, all NBA, man. God, the problem is like Brogdon's really good, but we talked about the guards thing yesterday, or maybe when yeah, we did yeah, that yesterday. yesterday right? Yeah, it was yesterday. There's just so many good guards above his tier, so he can't make all NBA because of that, most likely. Uh, so then you got to trickle to you know, Sabonis, the other great player. Is he going to be one of the three best centers in the league this year? Maybe. Uh, Embiid, we already talked about. Gobert, we already talked about. Jokic, we already talked about. Are they going to make Davis a center? Uh, and I don't think anyone else on the Pacers can even sniff All-NBA. So uh, I would say no. No no Pacers will make All-NBA. Okay. I would agree. If you do any – let's see. I guess do any Pacers make All-Defense? Yeah, Turner has a shot at that, of course. You know, he's he wins the wasn't it weird he won the award but didn't make all defense? No, he has not. He was on uh he's never won any defensive award. No, I know. Wouldn't it be weird if he won the award this year but didn't make all defense? There's a what? what? Like what if he won defensive player of the year but then didn't make all defense? That would make no sense to me, but I suppose it's possible. Well, so it's happened in baseball. It used to be like like where a player loses the gold glove and loses the silver slugger award, but then ends up winning the MVP of the league. It happened to like Joey Votto the 2010 i think it happened i mean i don't know what happens in the nba but that would be kind of interesting i mean it could happen theoretically i guess yeah yeah uh the problem for him is that like we said the the top three defenders in the league are all centers so he's got to separate himself from one of them beat or go bear to make all defense or to be defensive player of the year he can he's not done a great job so far but can he maintain it the whole season i don't know yeah he clearly wants the award of fighting for it because he's playing through injury which is something that usually is how you are able to win right. for yourself, if that makes sense, right? If he ends up playing 70 games or whatever, I mean, what, he missed one or two games this year? Um, there's yeah. So if he ends up playing, let's say, 67 games and Embiid plays 58, that could be the difference. Yep, that's true. Between them. Um, all right, so the easy one. Well, not easy, but do any Pacers make the All-Star team? This is the, the hard slash easy one. So if you want a very detailed breakdown from me on the All-Star teams, last Friday I did an entire segment on this. So there's probably like nine, maybe ten guys who are almost certainly going to be all-stars in the East. Um, so that makes it kind of hard to, to, to know. But I think that Brogdon and Sabonis both could get like the last spot. You know, they're probably competing with like Hayward and Chris Middleton and Kyrie for that spot. Um, so we'll see if they are able to, to get in. I don't know if both can get in unless they both like have an awesome month of February to get ahead of like Middleton or Hayward or something. But I think they can get one guy in, uh, and I think Sabonis is more likely, not because I think he's been better. I've, I've mentioned many times I think Barrage has been better, but because he got it last year. I think that matters a lot for, like, all-star voting again is being an all-star once. So I think he's got the better voting shot to get it, but I think Barrage has been better. So I think one of them will get it, but not both. Is the coach the team that has the best record? Is that who the coach ends up being? Yes, correct. Right, is the coach end up picking the, the six through 
12 or is somebody else do it? Uh, they don't pick. No, there's like, it's a blend of fan voting and coach voting and something. For else. all the spots, there's the top five. The top five, the fan votes the starters, right? And then. I don't think the fans have picked the other seven. I thought it's some combination. No, they're a factor in it. I don't remember the exact reason. Okay, I thought it was some combination of coaching and coaches pick it. Um, the- well, right now, Doc will probably be the coach for Doc or um, Budenholzer. It's probably the, the two favorites, maybe Nash. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess they're not really competing with any other Philly players, so that, so that helps. Okay, the, the, the 10 starters are chosen the way I just described. 50% yep. fan vote. 25% current players and 25% the media. Okay, so that's what I was thinking. The rest, I think the rest is picked by the coach. You might be right. Uh, what did the 30 NBA coaches select the 14 reserves. You are absolutely right about that. Okay. So never mind. So maybe the fact that coaches are sending double teams at Savonis also gives him a better shot than Brian. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess what I'm wondering is – so, like, you, you have James Harden probably, and I think, I mean, in most years he is, but I wonder if coaching-wise he's not picked because coaches don't like him because, you know, what he did. <laughs> um, so, that could open up right. a spot. Kyrie, coach is probably same same issue there, I would say, right, as, as Harden. Um, that might open up – that might help edge out there. And I, I'm trying to think, who do you think is more respected among coaches? I feel like Brogdon's got a lot of respect among coaches too. Yeah, they both do, honestly. Turner does for sure, but I don't think he's got a shot of being an all-star. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean it depends. Pitchers end up going on a win streak and getting the you know top seed, they might get both guys in. But at this point, if you're in the right. top five, you're probably getting one guy. In. Yeah. But it's kind of weird because like the Heat, who are I guess you don't you don't you don't have um do you have Butler as a lock right now? You don't, right? You don't have him even. No, not, no, he's not even going to make it. He's missed so many games. Right. That's, he hasn't I even played that well. Yeah. So I guess there's no no team that has really two players that shouldn't. I mean, Beal got snubbed last year, but he's put up so many points. Two teams that – there's no team that has two guys that guaranteed to make it? No, two guys that aren't good. I'm sorry. Like, like you know, like used to be Bam and Butler, even though the team not very good, would be two spots. But this year it's not that way. I mean, the two the two spots are teams that deserve it, right? Like the Salt Lake's deserve it, and so probably to the, to the – the Bucks or the Sixers. Well, they're not the Sixers, but the Bucks do in some way. Yeah. Um, they have that going for it. I don't know. I think one, I've, I, I lean towards it being Brogdon just because I think he's been better, but maybe it's a bonus. You're right because he was in it last time. We'll, we'll get it. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be hard. I mean, if they get a top four seed, I think they could. They're guaranteed to get one that could get two, but if they kind of hover around 500 like they have been for a while, I think they'll probably only get one. Yeah, and they could get snubbed for all we know. That's always possible. I kind of doubt it just because coaches really value team success in these discussions, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, maybe – I mean, it'd be really if, if Kyrie hops in or like Ben Simmons does. Right. right. Kyrie could hop in. I have him out right now but because he's missed so many games. But, but Durant's also missed a lot, so I probably should be less critical of Kyrie there. And, yeah, Simmons could hop in. And I don't even have Sexton in, right? He could make it. Tobias Harris could even make it. It's hard. It's really hard. Yeah, it depends where Philly's at, too, the record-wise. Yep. yep. All right. Well, so to recap, um, do you want to do all our awards recapping or you just want to give me a couple? No, uh, I, I think we're good. Okay. <laughs> Um, basically what we have going for the, for the all-star and all NBA, we think hopefully one pacer will make it, but who knows, frankly, <laughs> right. It's kind of a rat. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see They'll, We'll get voting returns. I think pretty soon, but I forget what it was. And I think recap wise, we should make it clear. We were really bad at our picks preseason so far. So really yeah. our picks shouldn't really mean much. <laughs> so don't go taking our picks to battle on the gym, betting all your money on them. Bet some maybe if you want, but don't, don't, don't risk it all. Yeah. 
Um, you got you got anything else? Uh, I don't have anything else. Do you? No, I think that's all we got. Um, we will have a break. I'll have a breakdown of the, of the Memphis game for tomorrow's show. Uh, and then we'll have some more previews and breakdowns throughout the week. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Pacers, Tony at TSNBA, me at Freedom Adam 5. That is all for Locked On Pacers podcast. We will see you guys again tomorrow.